11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Usually when I travel, I have lots of stories. Not this time. Well, for one reason, I went by a direct flight. So I call it the hop in and hop out. You get on the plane, then it flies nonstop to Lagos. And then you get out. So there's no place to meet anybody or, or for whatever. So that was a, a seamless travel. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but while I was, I, I got to Lagos and I flew to Abuja, the capital, the new capital of Nigeria. And uh, on one day, I told my host, I said, I need to get a shave. As, you know, whether you think there's something to shave or not. <laughs> so, so let me let me get a shave. And as soon as we got to the location, I came out of the uh, car, and this young man started screaming, "Look at that man I see on TV!" <laughs> He said, I never thought I would see you in person in this life. Hallelujah. I just waved at him and kept going. 
But of course, when I was leaving, he came again and said, I'm the one that saw you on TV. <laughs> what was he saying? Give me money because I saw you. <laughs> I said, okay. Where I come from, they don't make it that easy. You don't go collecting money from people because you, you, know, you saw them on TV. But one thing of interest to me that I wanted to talk about was that, you know, I have this little project I'm working on. My host is Muslim. So I used the opportunity and tried to talk to him about Jesus. He was... dilly-dallying between the two religions, if Christianity is a religion, even though it's not. And he said that his father was a Christian and married his mother, who was Muslim. And eventually, his father converted and became Muslim. So that that's why he is Muslim. I said, had your father ever met Jesus, he would not have converted. He may have been a religious man, but he never met Jesus. He said, oh, that's the same thing Muslims say, that if you really get to know, you know, the Muslim faith, that you will never need anything else. That was our first conversation. Then later that evening, he took me out to this exclusive place. I mean, it's like more of the restaurant is outside than inside. And in the middle of the place, they have this massive Olympic-sized pool that's lighted. And with fountains going, it was just gorgeous. And as we were eating, I said to him, you Muslims say that Muhammad is the last prophet that God ever sent to the earth. He said, yes. I said, prove it. I said, God told me that when a Muslim says that to me, I should ask them to prove it. And he was looking at me. I said, prove to me that Muhammad is the prophet God has sent. Because I'm about to prove to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey. I already feel him coming on. So I'm about to prove to you that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you can reach him now. You can feel his presence. You can touch him. And he started, as I was saying that, the glory of God descended at that table. He said, he said, Apostle, you know, I haven't told you this. I said, told me what? He said that every time I come in your presence, I feel this energy. I say it's not energy, it's called the anointing. And he says that when you leave me, I don't feel the same. I said that's the power of the risen Christ. I say he just descended right here. It's not a religion. You can reach him, you can touch him. You can praise him. 
<laughs> the news got better the next day. He came to me, he said, you have something. And I want it. He said, I hope it is not too late for me. I say, you are right on time. You are right on time. Hallelujah. The next day, he took me to a billion-dollar project he was working on. It's a hospital, probably about 20 floors, with everything, just like here in America. The project is so big that it requires the Central Bank of Nigeria to guarantee it, for a commercial bank to do it. He said to me, the Central Bank is coming out today for inspection and for final decision. And I need to take you there because I know that if you pray. They will grant my request and approve the full financing of this project. And I took his hands and I prayed. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, open the eyes of this man. That he will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he lives and he can be saved. There is nothing big about this project. You are bigger than it. I decree now. Hallelujah. That the Central Bank of Nigeria will approve this project. In the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. I say, say amen. He said, amen. I say, say another, amen. And one more time, amen. I say, you have what you said. I got in the car and went on to the airport. <laughs> hmm? The people came out that morning and approved the project. Hallelujah. He's sending me messages with praying hands and all of this. And every, in every conversation, I keep talking about Jesus. You need to meet him. He's not a religion. It's not an idea. But he will cost you everything. Because he's so well entrenched and so highly respected. <laughs> uh, one little thing happened. We, we were going to um, his place, and the guy driving the car, no, they break traffic rules. <laughs> they drive on the wrong side. They're not drunk drivers. You know, they're just <laughs> they do all kinds of things. So this guy just jumped out the traffic and stood in the middle of the intersection. So to the police, ooh, they finally have found somebody that will give them all the money that will make up their deficit for the month. Because this is flagrant violation. Pull over, pull over. <laughs> so they pulled over and then they started talking to the driver. He rolled down the window and started introducing himself to the police officer. They said, no, 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 we don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to the driver right now. Let's make sure that his particulars or his, you know, driver's license and Registration, all those things are fine. 
So he kept quiet. And when they finished with the driver, then he started talking to them. And I saw that they were now beginning to negotiate uh, how much that needs to be paid for us to get our freedom. So I was sitting in the back. You know, that Land Cruiser has tinted glasses. So you couldn't really see. <clears throat> so finally, I rolled my window down. I was dressed with a cross on. And as soon as I rolled the window, and I said, <clears throat> and they saw me, they said, oh, oh, OK, OK, you can go, 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 go. <laughs> he said, Bishop, pray for us, pray for us. We need, we need blessings, we need miracles. You can go, 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 go. <laughs> I celebrate those things, hallelujah. Amen. The text I read, just for a few moments here, may be familiar to some of us, but if you consider what you read, it will help you assess yourself where you are. You mean you saw Jesus crucified, and three days later he came out of the grave and told you where to meet him. And he was standing alive in front of you. And yet you doubted. What are you doubting? Are you saying that your trauma is so heavy that you can't let it go? What are you saying? That's his ghost? Like the disciples that were praying for Peter. They said that must be his ghost. Have you ever seen a ghost? I know you thought you have seen one when you are screaming. <laughs> Can you help me understand why people go to haunted houses? Why do you pay to get scared? <laughs> All right. Watch. And Jesus was standing there. He said, something doubted. And I've been asking myself, what will make a man doubt? In the face of such a miracle, such a breakthrough. The Holy Spirit said to me, are your people doing any better? Miracles after miracle, signs and wonders among you. And yet, when any little thing happens, we act like we haven't seen anything. We need counseling. Instead of you saying, wait a minute, I've counseled enough. Yeah. Eh? The God that gave me a breakthrough yesterday will give me one now. Yeah. At some point, you need to graduate from babysitting. Yeah. Eh? Bible says that when, when, when Ziklag was burnt down, David and his men returned, and the people were so grieved. For their families, their children, their wives, everybody, everything lost. He said they even thought about stoning David. He didn't go for counseling. He said that David withdrew himself from them. And he started encouraging himself. How many of you in this room are ready this morning to do a personal ministry, a personal inventory? Eh? 
I'm not talking about pumping yourself up emotionally. He said, you're encouraging yourself in what you know your God to be. You are my light. You are my salvation. You are my deliverer. You are my glory. You are the lifter up of my head. You are my provider. Every need in this house is met. We are not saying anything else but that. It's about time we graduated from babysitting. So he encouraged himself. Now, for most of us, we would have been mired in depression. What would you be thinking about? How all the men you have labored with all these years are not thinking about stoning you. Because they discounted every breakthrough they had received. In the face of one setback, I keep telling Resurrection House that God is sensitive with us. We are in a stage where he's looking for faith. No excuses. You actually have to believe. This is not a place where you come to celebrate apostles' breakthrough. You come bring in your own testimony. Your breakthrough. He said, as some doubted. I said, well, why will a man doubt in the face of resurrection? Amen. Let me reveal it to you. It's when God permits something. And you're so hard about it. And to you, he don't have a right to take you that way. So even when he turns it around, you're still mad for what you went through. That's why you'll be doubting. Yeah, he resurrected, but look at what we just went through. The trauma is just too much. We were with him for three and a half years, and he just ended like this. Look at what they were saying. What happens to you when the enemy attacks? I told you that God said, I should not be on trial. Every time you get in a trial, you should have faith. Your response, you shouldn't be running from your creditors. You should answer the phone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What you running from? You were man enough to make the bills. Be man enough to pay it. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm serious. God is looking for faith at a different level. Not the one you enter into after somebody has encouraged you. I'm talking about the one you respond with. Your first response. Otherwise you can't commune with him. This is a communion of faith. Now watch. He said now, There were two categories of disciples on that day. The true worshipers and the doubters. He said some worshiped, but some 
So which category are you in? He said, some worship. In other words, they recognized that we didn't make a mistake for following him. They recognized that the Father proved this suffering for glory. Hallelujah. I know the text didn't say that, but I can just tell you in the realm of the spirit that that's the way it works. And what Jesus said next was to the worshipers and not to the doubters. Because if you saw me crucified, humiliated, and you saw darkness at 12 noon, hallelujah, that the sun itself covered his face, saying, I can't shine on this. The angels were about to overrun the earth. And the Bible says that the graves opened up and the righteous came out of their grave and went into the city. Even though you were going through trauma, but God was still doing some things. Okay. This is where I need to ask you my first question. Yes, there may be some attack here or some problem there, but have you looked closely to see that why the enemy is making noise, that God is still... Mm. That God is still working miracles. God is still testifying. God is still showing you that resurrection is supreme. (laughs) He said now, to you worshipers that recognize that the man you walked around with, that ate dinner with, that rode in the boat with, is not the man standing in front of you. This is the resurrected Savior. Amen. And Jesus said something that I want you to take with you that I preached to you some years ago. And when they were singing the song, talking about God's greatness, or how God great is, and all of that. And I thought about this text. Watch. Jesus said to the worshipers, all power. Not religion. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven, Okay, you heard me say that scripture and you received it as some scripture you know. But the power hasn't exploded in your spirit. I said, Jesus said, all power. How many is all? If he has all power, then what is left? He's saying no one else. Trauma happens. Challenges come unexpectedly. But the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. You must trust God. 
absolutely, even when you don't understand. In this case, the disciples were with Jesus. He told them repeatedly what was about to happen. They never heard it. <clears throat> Many times, I've wondered, why didn't I hear what God was saying? Why didn't I understand it? See, when you have your own stuff on your mind, even when you hear the information, it doesn't distill to understand it. They had their own grandeur visions <laughs> of the Lord restoring the kingdom to Israel. And they will be, you know, primate of, uh, you know, don't even remember what the names they used then, of Galilee or this one of that. And yeah. It didn't happen that way. <laughs> he ended up in trauma, crucifixion. The resurrection came. Glory. He has triumphed victoriously forever and ever. And he declared, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. <laughs> Under the earth too. <laughs> Glory to God. And sent us to go in his name. And he said that these disciples, when they saw him, some worshipped and some Doubt it. Beloved, you need to ask yourself this morning, are you part of the worshipers or are you part of the doubters? Has your own experience so wounded you? Is the wound that deep that you haven't been able to see all the miracles of God, how God has been helping you regardless? Hey, we're enough for him. You won't be here. <laughs> Even though it's tough, he's still helping you. He's still helping you. He's still helping you. Come on, pick yourself up today. The Bible said, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. That's in the book of Hebrews. Yes. The worshiper wins. The intercessor prevails. Say, so get your knees back in, in business. Lift your hands and begin to praise and worship God. Let the devil say what he may. Tune him out. The light of God's glory will come. The presence of God will descend. And you will be amazed. The transformation that will take place. I celebrate your victory today as you follow the instructions the Holy Spirit is giving. 770-994-3777. That's a breakthrough prayer line. 770-994-3777. I invite you to Bible study on Wednesday night, Sunday morning. It's a celebration of resurrection, 10 a.m. until. We thank God for you. Thank God that you're watching the voice of resurrection. Thank God that you're telling others about the voice of resurrection. Now, your final assignment, support the voice of resurrection. Sow into it and experience the glory of resurrection, the power of resurrection, the miracle of resurrection, the spirit of resurrection. In Jesus' name. 
It will be a wonderful week as we share the word of God together. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Come